Welcome once again to Mission Moultrie Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Baker. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. The weather is nice. The sky is blue. It's probably going to get hotter, but you know, whatever. Uh, John, how are you enjoying the weather? Man, this is my time of year, Sam. I'm oh. like, I'm in my happy place right now. You're a pumpkin spice latte guy? No. I may I may build a campfire. Oh yeah, that's or right. just build a fire. Period. Yeah, sit by it with a good cup of black coffee. Oh, there you go. Don't want no spices in my coffee. We had a <laughs> we had a bonfire at uh, Missional Community last night. Yeah, made some s'mores. Man, I almost said for the kids, but I've got a lie. great nephew. <laughs> I've got a great nephew, and yes, I'm that old. That I have a great nephew. Oh, yeah, you do. Who has two. never. Who's you have ne- two. I, I do. But this one, I, I wouldn't expect my newest one never to have a marshmallow. But his older brother mm. has never had a marshmallow. And I've, I I think they're waiting. To, they're going to give me that honor as a great uncle, his Uncle Goose. You're going to have to sneak to that opportunity. <laughs> no, his mom's already. I mean, I think she's like already giving okay. me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so... You know who you are. Yeah, you know who I'm talking to out there. So, um, joining us in the studio uh, for the second time, repeat Woo. customer, Pastor Brad And how you doing, man? I'm wonderful, man. So good to be back with you. Yeah, get invited back. That's an honor. So second pass. How is it just to sit there while me and John do that whole opening and just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the best question you've ever asked, Sam. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think it. I think it goes without saying. It's everyone's favorite part. Yeah, uh, just have to stand there quietly. <laughs> oh no, we're in trouble, man. <laughs> if that's the highlight, I think it's worse. Wow. Have you, I mean, you guys have probably been like guest speakers at a church or whatever. Like you've invited, got invited to preach mm, one and time. They, they, like when they invite you on stage and then they introduce you while you're just standing there, yeah. it's like, oh man. Well, hey everybody, <laughs> what's up? Anyway, um, how how's the study going? I mean, how's this experiencing God thing going? Have you experienced God at all <laughs> in the last what seven weeks now? It has been phenomenal. Uh, it's been great at our church, yeah. but I've just gotten such a kick out of interacting with the pastors of other churches and just hearing testimonies and stories of uh, many churches really experiencing what I would call revival in their congregations and just sparked great new relationships <laughs> and healing and, and absolutely just uh, it, it it's been everything and more than what we could have hoped there's for. a hunger there is there and is so, um i was actually talking with uh one of your folks this morning and and she was um she was kind of down that we're coming to the end of the study yeah and so i said don't worry pastor brad he'll have something else just as <laughs> just as nourishing for you so yeah no pressure no pressure <laughs> even better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's at least going to be 10 times better than this. <laughs> yeah, I've, I was just looking over. We uh, sent out a text to some of the people in our system just saying, hey, we'd love to hear some testimonies. And uh, so, goodness, we've just had baptisms and salvations and 
people joining groups for the first time in their life and hallelujah uh, oh yeah it's it's that's awesome stories have fired me up yep 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 cool that's good well i know for uh and in same way the pastors i've spoken with and the people i've spoken with it's just it's been such a blessing you know to it's it's it is a move of god and um and i think the the fruit of it the long term the long is just going to keep it's going to pay dividends that you and i our community won't even know until we till we get to heaven and so i'm excited about that so did we do any adjusting last week last week was about adjustment yep are we or wait hold on yes yeah yeah i got i'm sorry last week was on the time frame so jumping ahead a week and so i got a uh, something that was really good um uh, an eye opener and not really an eye opener but just a a really great perspective um so last monday night at at the pastors group i was sitting with uh mark cunningham uh your worship pastor and Associate pastor. Shout out. Executive pastor. Executive pastor, pastor yeah. yeah, Mark Cunningham. MC. And um, <laughs> so I asked him the question. I said, okay, um, so obviously God is doing something, you know, um, really unique and special in our community, and, and we're seeing a level of, of unity, um, you know, that we're really enjoying. And, and so if if God is really doing this and we're and God's really calling us to a greater level of unity how do, what kind of adjustments does that mean you know for the local church what if, if that's what God's calling us to what are some of the adjustments you know that we're gonna have to make and um he said well great question um right off the bat the men sitting in this room represent an adjustment because they all have so many responsibilities already, but yet they've, they've adjusted their calendar to be here every Monday night Mm -hmm. for the last, you know, for, for eight weeks. And so that, that in itself is an adjustment, you know? And so I, I thought that was just a great perspective, you know, to understand that and just perceive that. And, and so, so there's a lot of adjustment going on. Yeah, I think if even a fraction of what is happening in the small groups, even a fraction of what is happening on the Monday night meeting is happening in the small group, mm-hmm. I, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I think because that Monday night meeting's real, man. It that's is good stuff. That's been so enjoyable, man. Yeah, getting to know new pastors that I haven't met yet, and mm-hmm. just yeah, all the others on a deeper level. I tell you, the brother from Buck Creek. Buck Creek Baptist Buck, Buck Creek Danny Moray, man. Brother Danny, you know, he just last week when he said, I I need this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need this. Yeah. I thought, man, my heart was just like, Man, go yeah. God. Go God. Sure. And so So let's uh we're kinda rounding uh we've rounded third. We're headed home uh to the last week. And what do you got for us, John? Kick us off, man. Well, I just thought it was extremely appropriate for us to have Pastor Brad back with us this week because, you know, uh, God gave him the vision for it. 
he was obedient. And because of his obedience, you know, our community has experienced, yeah. you know, God's faithfulness. And um, so reality number seven, obey and experience. Yeah. Um, you come to know God by experience as you obey him, as he accomplishes his work through you. And, you know, I think, Pastor Brad, I'd love to, you know, I think a lot of times as immature Christians, we trip over that word obey. You're like, obey? I mean, and it definitely is unbelievers. Obey doesn't necessarily, as grown folks, you know, who do I got to obey? Nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, a, I'm an adult, you know. But obedience to God really isn't about, you know, him just being this cosmic, you know, boss that just is delighted by making people or wanting people to obey him. It's how it's how he reveals himself to us. It's how he reveals his nature to us mm-hmm. is is through obedience. He he shows us, he calls us, and when we do what he asks us to do, we learn more about who he is. And his ways, you know, the Psalms 119 teaches us all of his ways are perfect. His statutes are perfect. You know, his commands are perfect. And so every one of those things requires obedience. And so um, how does that how does that play out in your life? Uh, that's a great question. I, I do think we've sort of tripped up. We get tripped up on that word obedience and, and even experience. I think mm-hmm. uh what I have loved about this study is it's leading to this place where you can experience God on a regular basis through mm-hmm. obedience and your intimacy level grows because uh, I would say for too many of us, we lean on experience, but we don't have all the foundation in place to trust our experiences or to trust our own discernment. That's right. And so it's kind of led us through a process of knowing that God is at work, knowing that it's really not about us, but a much bigger story being told that Mm -hmm. he invites us into and that he is speaking to us through his Holy Spirit, through the word, through the church. uh, And that, you know, we get to be a part of this really supernatural incredible story and through obedience and through learning how to hear his voice uh then we get to experience him more and more and more and 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 so getting to that place to where we have the right antennas and the right perspective and the right foundation of knowing okay this Mm -hmm. is god speaking to me this isn't just my own that's right Uh, so that's when it i think a relationship with Jesus gets really exciting. Sure. And obedience is always just uh, an invitation to this new level of faith and new level of experiencing him. So right. I always look at obedience. I had a, a mentor just point out that every time we are obedient to God, it grows us to a new level of faith and intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really an invitation into That's deeper right. intimacy. That's right. And so it, it's like, okay, if I go to the gym... I may not like it in the moment, but I will be stronger on the other side of this. Every time we respond to in obedience, our faith is stronger. We hear God's voice better. So to me, it can be an exciting thing of, okay, God, you you really, uh, I hear you speaking. I hear you calling me to this new place. It can be scary. It can be painful. It can be tough. uh, But just over time, as you see the fruit of that, um, you, you you realize, wow, this is an invitation to know God even even better. 
and and to feel closer to him uh, and it's exciting it's an adventure and i think that that intimacy is definitely not you know the only aspect of it but i i think that is definitely the reward uh, of hebrews eleven six, when it says and without faith it's impossible to please him and this verse was introduced at the very beginning mm. um for whoever would draw near to god which is a picture of intimacy okay must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him and so that that crisis of faith, that crisis of belief that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that's where it comes in right there for Christians. Must believe that he exists. Well, that's not really much of a crisis for us to believe that God exists. But that second part, and that he rewards those who seek him. That's where that crisis comes. Is there, some, is there really something of value for me if I obey God? Right. You know, and uh, my my pastor, Pastor Donnie, he he uh, preached a great message yesterday, and it was on the it was on the <clears throat> you know the the demoniac. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was on the the father who brought the son. You know, he, he comes he comes down he comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration to find right, his disciples right. arguing with the scribes and the Pharisees, and and there's a father there with his son who is possessed by a demon and he goes into fits and convulsions and you know what today would look like an epileptic seizure to us you know and 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 this is the story where you know jesus says bring him to me you know and the father's like if you if you can you know if you can heal him and Jesus like if i can (laughs) he says don't you believe and he says i believe help my unbelief so there's that crisis of belief i believe but help my unbelief. That's he was he was just being transparent and honest with that that crisis that he was in at that moment. I mean, I all I've ever known my, he's been this way all his life. You know, I, I can't I can't wrap my brain around my son being, you know, um, healthy again and and not plagued by this. Yeah. And so, um, so that again that obedience and that intimacy that you're talking about. I think that is that's definitely the big win. Yeah, there's a correlation. Absolutely. Obedience leads to intimacy. <clears throat> All right, so Huckabee says here, uh, if you want to experience God's mighty power at work in and through you, you must walk by faith, make major adjustments, and obey whatever God tells you to do. Mm-hmm. So those are those are three big things, you know. Walk by faith, make major adjustments, and obey whatever God tells you to do. Yeah. Um. Sam. Yeah. You're being quiet over there, so we're gonna draw you into this. No, I'm just <laughs> man. I'm sitting here thinking. Uh, man, I knew you was Matthew, First John. Like, I'm, I'm, my mind immediately goes Sermon on the Mount. Okay, there's a couple of times in there I'll come back to. And then First John. How many times in First John does he say, "Those who love me are the ones who obey my commands"? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you know that you love me by obeying my commands. Mm-hmm. And man, you just get so uh, 
I don't want to come across as overly critical of people. I think I do that too much. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull back. Um, I really am. I, it's something. Like, yeah, everybody, listen. Y'all can keep, pray for keep me. Keep hanging out with me, Pastor Brad. We'll we'll help yeah, you with no, that. Like we'll no criticism. Um, we'll gladly point it out. <laughs> yeah, because well, it's because I've seen it in myself so much. The that, irony, you know. You ask these questions, um, and I go back to the Sermon on the Mount. There's a there's a part in there. Where Jesus like, you know, in the end, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, mm-hmm. have we not done this, 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 and this mm-hmm. uh, in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, for I, and in the Greek, for I never at no time knew who you were. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only ones who are welcome into the kingdom, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you can... You can go back and look at this. I, by the time we end this show, I'll have a <laughs> reference for this. Is that the ones who are welcome into the kingdom are the ones who do the will of my Father. And that, we're so used to calling Jesus Lord that I think we undersell what we're actually saying when we say Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're saying King, Master, you are uh, the the Lord. That's right. Um, which has a lot of weight behind it. And living as if Jesus is king, master, ruler of your life is living in obedience to his will. Sure. Right? Because if you kind of walk around saying, Lord, Lord, and then you never do what Jesus asked you to, is he your lord right i mean that's kind of the whole point of that but then then you skip to the end of the sermon on the mount matthew 7 everyone uh then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock so hears these words and does them and then you skip down to 26 uh 7 26 and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So, Pastor Brad, here's, and this ties into exactly what you're saying, and this is on day one, but it says, uh, the, the, the book says, your understanding of God's character ought to be greater now than when you first became a Christian. Mm-hmm. You ought to know him better today than you did five years ago. Sadly, some Christians continue to live year after year with the same basic knowledge of God they had when they first began walking with Him. Whatever your present situation, view it in light of what God is teaching you about Himself, and you'll continue to know God in dimensions you've never known before. Mm -hmm. And so Sam's talking about, do we really know Him as Lord? You know, because that's... Knowing him as Lord versus knowing him as a good, good father, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So as a as a pastor, do you see that? Do you see that in the church today, that lack of understanding, even, a, even among people who's been in the church for years and years? Oh, sure. Uh, and I would say that's probably something every pastor has to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, goodness— you, you trace it all the way back to the beginning. I mean, first family dealt with, okay, my kids are killing each other. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think our problems that we face are anything new. I mean, right. yeah, the sure, reason sure, we sure. have the New Testament is because right. the very first churches were pretty screwed up. That's so, right. I, I mean, th- these are just 
which gives me a lot of grace with people and patience with people is, hey, we've been we've been pretty messed up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful. That's why we need a savior. Sure. Um, so I, I think for me, like even raising kids is OK. If, if somebody hands you a baby and says, man, I want you to raise them to maturity. Well, you can have the greatest plan in the world and preach mm-hmm. the greatest sermons, but they're still going to be a baby for quite a while, sure. and they're just going to yeah. do baby stuff. That's right. Um, and so it's it's if a baby's peeing his pants, not a big deal. It's when you have the adults peeing their <laughs> pants that okay, now now we've got a maturity issue, and and we've got some things that need to be adjusted. I, and, I, and, I've got to tell you the story about. <laughs> Jonah, I don't think I've told you. This Coming is, this off is, that last comment, this could get really speaking weird. Speaking of peeing your pants. This, yeah. is, this is... Shout out to Jonah. No big deal. This Full is my oldest. Adult. Turned 23 yesterday. And uh, so uh, one day in church, Jonah was sitting across the way. And Jonah loves this story too. So he was sitting across the way with the youth, you know. And he's he and this other young man, I won't call his name, um, they're just acting the fool, you know, and his mother and I are shooting him the death look, you know what I'm saying? And he, he's like, he's not catching any of our clues. And so when we got home, he was appropriately disciplined for that. And so we, we go to bed that night and he's at this point, he's 14, not, he, they're still coming in our room and, and we're praying together before they, he goes to bed. And so, he, I mean, I've been 14. He was probably like 12. And um, so we're praying, and he says, uh, God, just help me not to act up in church anymore. And I just busted out laughing. And he and my wife both, they open their eyes, and they look at me like, what is your deal? I'm like, nothing, nothing. Just just go ahead. Just go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. And so they finished praying. It got time for me to pray. And I, I said, Father, thank you so much. And Lord, tomorrow, please help me not to rob a liquor store. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're like, what is your problem? And I said, look, son, I said, there's times when there's things you shouldn't have to ask the Lord for anymore. <laughs> and at your age, acting up in church is one of those things you should have graduated by now. I said, what do you think the chances of me actually being tempted to rob a liquor store tomorrow is? He said, none. I said, exactly. Yeah. So there should be zero temptation for you at your age to act the fool in the middle of a church service. So that's my expectation. And so yeah, there you go, but that's, that's what, you know, that growing into maturity yeah. is, uh, that really needs to be a conscious thing that we're, we're working on, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Paul addresses that. I mean, he was pretty blunt. He, mm-hmm. he would call you weak. He'd call you strong. He'd, <laughs> you're, you know, you're still nursing. You need to get off the bottle. I mean, he was. Uh, I love Paul. He was blunt in writing, but then when he got there in person, he oh, right. I love y'all so much. I just, you know. Uh, it was kind of like texting, you know what I'm saying? You can text. You're a lot bolder when you're texting stuff than you are in person, aren't you? He's like, when I get there, y'all, are, and then he gets there. And y'all I love the, you guys. Y'all are the greatest. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, something to key in on, man, that just when I kind of grabbed hold of this, kind of changed my hermeneutic, well, changed how I read the Bible, especially the New Testament. When you understand (coughs) that the Gospels, the four Gospels, the Acts of the Apostles, and then all the letters following were written to the church, 
mm-hmm. not the pagan masses that's right outside of the church that's right um maybe you could argue about the gospel i don't think there's a good argument there but the the letters for sure are addressed to churches to people who had heard and received the gospel and were trying to live this thing out <laughs> as best and what under underlays all the the like romans and all the letters is the fact that they have heard and received the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's not a it's not an apologetic speak to get them to go back and believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's not the purpose of Romans right. or Galatians. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's not an evangelistic like, letter. Right. It's not yeah, it's not trying I mean, to convince it's just, them. It's just like you've heard this stuff and yeah. you got it's either you guys are, are really off track. Yeah. I've evaluated your performance <laughs> and it's poor. Or he writes in some letter Colossians, he's yeah. like, You guys are jam up. Y'all are yeah. doing a great job. Keep it going. Uh there's a curve in the road up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch out for that. But besides that, you guys Yeah, are, it wasn't a chastisement. Yeah, you are, yeah. You are killing it. <laughs> My favorite is you know, it'd be better if y'all just stopped meeting. <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah. you're doing more harm than good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just close those doors. In this case, when God closed the door, he meant it means to just close it. He's not opening a window. Y'all have actually invented ways to sin. We're going to shut this down. We weren't aware of those before. (laughs) Wow. That's a a podcast for another day there. Yeah. Because there are probably those... When your church is so bad, God recommends you close. (laughs) This is a great... Should you... Maybe you should ask the Lord. Yeah. Should mm. we keep meeting or not? And so, There's a question in here somewhere. Are we going to get to this study? Are we in it? <laughs> we're in it. We're, we're like deep in it. I'm cool with that, man. I love that. So, you know, the, the, I think the question for a lot of people is, why don't you obey? You know, why, why don't we obey? You're I mean, he's God. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't we obey God? Yeah. You referred to a passage earlier that has become a big teaching of ours uh, where, where God says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Mm-hmm. And I, I've thought, okay, in the future, if we were to ever do something like this again, just corporately, community-wide, uh, one candidate on the table, I think, would be a, a study that has been so impactful to us called Freedom. Um I would love to explore that with the pastors down the road. Um, but one of the core, to, it is just so foundational and helps bring freedom to relationship with Christ. And it's it, the whole thing kind of ties back to the tree of the knowledge versus uh, tree of life. And mm-hmm. are we living from the tree of life or still from the tree of the knowledge of good mm-hmm. and evil? And, and the, the two comparisons there. And one of those is uh, one of the key teachings is based around that verse. And it takes me back, one of my favorite stories is the woman at Jesus' feet, where, you know, of course, all the religious leaders were criticizing her. And, you know, uh, Jesus kind of sums it up by saying, uh, I love this, as those who have been forgiven much, they love much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think for us, keeping in touch with the gift that Jesus has purchased for us, our need for forgiveness uh, staying in touch with who it's it's like John the Baptist I must decrease so he must increase like seeing you know and, and we 
replay this over and over, you know, in Isaiah, his vision of the throne of God. Oh, woe is me. Like staying in touch with how bad we need God, how bad we need forgiveness. Uh, that keeps us in the place of, man, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a correlation between seeing ourselves as we are and seeing God as he is. That produces love and and worship and and so I think whenever we start drifting, we've either allowed ourselves to puff up too much or we've allowed God to become small. And either one of those is a killer to faith, love, and obedience. That's right. So I think every day it's a constant reminder of how bad I need God and how awesome he is. And wow, he actually invites me into a relationship with him. So that passage, they actually share that verse in a completely fresh way that for me is super exciting. So it's not God saying, challenging us, if you love me, you better prove it and obey my commands. Oh, no. uh, it's more of... I, I think a lot of people it read the, it that way, though. They do. They do, and there's condemnation there. Yeah. Because, well, yeah. I haven't done this, I haven't done that, you know, I don't, let's not love God, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like saying, hey, if 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 you eat your vegetables, you'll be healthier. That's right. Or if you sleep well tonight, you'll feel rested right. tomorrow. You know, God's think, saying, I if think, you love me, yeah. you'll obey my commands because right. that is a natural. So I think w- when we try to get to God's love through obedience, that's religion and that's mm-hmm. death and condemnation. That's right. But when obedience flows out of love, like the woman at his feet, like she just recognized her need for forgiveness. And so obedience just and worship poured out of her. Uh, I think that religion is a big tool of the devil, man, to keep us in in condemnation. And it's a faith killer. Yeah, Uh, I think what you said, a lot of language used through the Gospels, right, is the... There is a group of people that are trying to clamor as hard as they can into the kingdom by unfruitful means. Mm. And those people are called scribes and Pharisees, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to come up with ways. They're going to the meetings and the drawing boards and whatever, and they're trying desperately to to get into the kingdom that's coming. Mm-hmm. It's not as if they don't believe that there is a kingdom coming they're just trying to get into it that's right and what you find again and again in the new testament like the lady who comes to jesus feet and uh the disciples that he chooses and is these are people who are demonstrating and living into kingdom values where they are who acknowledge the lordship of jesus Mm. Right? That's right. Does that make does that make sense? Because there's there's scribes and there's Pharisees and they're like they're the if you love me, no. you need like if you love God, you're gonna check boxes A through D. That's right. This is this but is only how. half check box C on Wednesdays. The people who are that go to the Beatitudes, the people who demonstrate what it is to be a person in the kingdom. It's almost like they're saying, if if you love, this is how you express your love for God through obedience. And I don't think that's what 
I don't think that's what the passage is saying. I don't it, think that's what God is yeah, saying. It's a lot think, of that. If you're plugged I, into the vine, it's just a natural outflowing. Yeah. If you love me, you're just because again, going back to what you said at the beginning, there's that intimacy, and he yeah. starts out, "If you love me." Well, what he said, "If you're intimate with me, if we're if we're close, you're just you're yeah. gonna you're gonna obey my commands because they're good for you, right. and you're gonna taste and see that the Lord is good." And you'll have my nature in you, and you'll just begin to do the things I do. Um, and it's like, you know, when I was a young man, I went everywhere fast because I wanted to go fast. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't worried about the dangers of going fast. As an older man, I don't have the desire to go fast anymore. <laughs> you could take down all of the speed limit signs. Because it's just not in my nature to go fast anymore. I'm probably not going to drive at a dangerous pace if you took down all the speed limits. I got a car. I got a vehicle for you. (laughs) Well, I didn't say I didn't like to go fast. It's parked out there. (laughs) It's incapable. It's It's incapable incapable of going fast. fast. Well, see, I don't need that. If somebody pulls you over in an 80 series Land Cruiser, (laughs) they're just trying to get you. It's incapable of speeding. I knew you was going to work that Land Cruiser to this podcast some way. I'm going to work it in every time. That's how I'm going (laughs) to convince myself that it was a good idea. Um, I think we as church leaders make that mistake too often of making church life behavior management and sure. trying to sure just instill make people behave mm-hmm. oh yeah and there's death in that and, that and that is the heart of religion I, I know one pastor said jesus didn't come to make bad men good but dead men alive um ravi that was ravi was it ravi yeah he might have been quoting somebody i'm pretty sure that's ravi which We'll Whatever. give them. We'll give them credit. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Um, so for 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 me, it, I I remember hearing someone describe a spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it really it, it was like, oh God, please don't ever let me be guilty of that. But he defined spiritual abuse as telling people how they should live, mm. but not showing them how to live that way. Mm. Uh, and it's really was it, it was tied back to the story of the rich man who died and could see see the heaven, but mm-hmm. now he can't get there. Yep, that's hell. Mm-hmm. Like, and so if we as church leaders preach this life that God wants you to live, but don't show people how to get there, how to live it out, how to walk, that's spiritual abuse. That's right. It's like you should be living this way, but you're not. And and that was Jesus's, you know condemnation of the pharisees is like look you 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 go to great lengths to make a disciple and then right you ruin him <laughs> you know with with all of the things you require him to do you know and um when you were talking about the freedom um and that curriculum and the tree of life and the tree of good and evil you know and which which obviously represents those those choices that we can make you know, and the original question was, is why don't we obey God? And, and it's, it's obvious because we think that one choice that we make is not going to get us where we want to be when we want to, when we want to get there, you know? And so we choose, no, I, I can take this. I'm, I'm hungry. This is good for eating right now and so i'm just i'm just gonna satisfy my need right now even though god said don't eat this tree you know and so to me the new testament 
<clears throat> verse that I always think about in conjunction to that is John 10, 10, where Jesus says, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I come to give you life abundantly. And so, again, we've got two different choices here. I can, I can go with, you know, the choices that, you know, are against God's word, which is or exactly what the enemy would have us to do. But in every case, it always we're always going to come up short there. Those choices, anytime we go against the word of God that he's so graciously given us, you know, we're going to end up in a worse place than if we follow God's word. And we take Jesus, I mean, we're, if we follow Jesus, it's going to lead to a good place, an intimate, yeah. a place of joy, a place of love. And so, and I think that's at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, do we do we trust that God has our best, you know, intentions for us? Does he have the best plan for us? Or do we want to, you know, go on our own? Yeah. And so. Mm-hmm. Fair question in there? No, just a comment. Just <laughs> like just it. discussing. Just no, discussing. Like it, um, so, Brad, here's a question. On a scale of one to ten, with <laughs> one being stubborn rebellion <laughs> and ten being eager obedience, how obedient are you to God's word? <laughs> Yeah, Brad. You how good a Christian you are you? You don't have to answer that, Brad. Um, I, it's just I'm just Not putting it out for there for reflection. I'm just putting it out there, you know. But but that's a great question, is it for for the individual for yep. the, for the individual believer? So let's just put it right out there on a scale of one to ten. You know, are you taking God at his? On the count of three, we'll all answer it at the same. time. <laughs> no, yeah. Let's just do like the. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, listen, hey, no, we could I, do like the newlywed game, and we could get a random sampling of your church to answer for you, and listen, then you answer what they think. Listen, that would be a good one. I I have the privilege of teaching a men's Sunday school class uh, at our church in Lakeside Assembly. God plugged there, Pastor Donnie. Um and I asked. I actually asked the question one morning. W- I said w- so. W- so except for I said if we're if the if the plan is for us to be like Jesus and Jesus is a 10 and we start out at a one. Okay. I said, and I, I passed around a slip of paper and had people to write, where are you at? You know, on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being Jesus, you know, somebody put down a nine. <laughs> You're right, he bl- I'm like, dang, I wish I hadn't asked for a. I wish it hadn't been anonymous. I want to know who this guy is. I feel like somebody could have put down ten and then just like imputed righteousness, <laughs> walked out of the yeah. room. That would have been this. that would have been a that would have been a more believable answer. That would have been a more correct answer than a nine. Than a nine, <laughs> a nine is, mm, I'm, I'm like, pretty much there. I'm like seriously. I mean, two more years. The, the only thing keeping him from <laughs> a ten, you know, the only thing keeping him from a ten was humility. I mean, you know, that's the Wrong. only thing they were lacking. The only thing keeping them from a ten is the last chapter of uh, experiencing God. They were uh, like, "I'm, I've read weeks one through six. I'm almost there. <laughs> one more week. I got. Ask me next week. That was fun. That was good, man. That's a bold survey, though. I need a much larger scale. 
yeah. sample size. I, oh, I, yeah. yeah, give me one to a thousand. I feel yeah. <laughs> I'll feel better about my two. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because you'd you'd be at twenty percent on a scale of one to ten, right? You know, at a two. And so what about I think a, the answer has to be ten or zero, just depending on theology. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. what about a nine says my best efforts? Are dung covered rags? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I think this is I think it's important to understand that again. I can I can obey Jesus very well. I can be very faithful. I can be a faithful servant of obeying God and obeying yeah. His commands, and yet I'm no less dependent. Upon his righteousness. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's real important for us to understand is that, you know, if I could, if I could, like Paul said, Hey, if y'all want to talk, if y'all want to boast about stuff, (laughs) I can boast with you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I can beat you, you know, but that's not the deal. Yeah, man. You know, and so it's, again, it's not about, you know, the obedience thing doesn't, it doesn't get, it doesn't move us up in, in God's value, it moves us up in understanding who He is. It moves us up in in experiencing His character more, you know, and His yeah. in, that intimacy. And so, so there is a place, and I'll ask for Pastor Brad. Well, yeah, you can comment on this. <laughs> you can make any comment you want. Go for it. <laughs> you um, can jump in and interrupt free time, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's actually why we invited you. We wanted your comment. So we, this is common. Ephesians two eight and nine. Everybody loves this one, right? We're Protestants, or or um, whatever you label yourself as. Uh, for grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not of your own doing; it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And we kind of have hammered that, I think, to the point where people are almost afraid of works. Mm-hmm. So when you start this obey language, I think there is a sure like whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how we earn salvation or whatever. But then verse ten immediately following, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So how to kind of tie that back to this whole obey thing. Cause we were kind of getting at, it's not a do this or mm-hmm. if you really love me, you're going to do this. Right. For me, I read that as we were saying earlier, the works flow out of love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one translation of that passage calls us his masterpiece, and that puts God as yeah. the uh, as the artist, as the uh, creator, as the one. He is the author and finisher of our faith. So for us to walk in the good works that he prepared for us, that is an overflow of what he is doing in our lives versus previously uh, it is not by our works uh, so, that, so none of us can boast, nothing that we can do worth anything but he created us for his plans and purposes 
And for me, it's those are the things flowing out of, as you say, abiding in the vine. That's the fruit that is coming from our relationship with Christ. Um, so, and 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 I love the wrestle of Scripture where there's, <clears throat> you know, you do have those passages where works mean nothing, and then you've got James where faith without works is dead. And I, and and that's the wrestle of salvation. That's the wrestle of following God that I think is so beautiful and such an adventure. We need both of those reminders. Uh, and so when we just get complacent um, and feel like, well, works don't really matter. You know, hey, faith without works is dead. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're not producing anything for God, hey, then James is there to remind you. Um, so if, uh, but then when you maybe puff up a little bit too much and feel like you're doing a lot, hey, uh, that's when Paul says, look at all my works and I consider it all. Yeah. Well, so day four, obedience is love, is actually, that's the verse, the John fourteen twenty one. That's the verse of that day. Um, this is what Huckabee says. This is, this is strong language. And so uh, I, want us, I want us to look at this. He says, and this is the first paragraph, obedience to God's commands come from your heart. When you begin struggling to obey God, that's a clear indication that your heart has shifted away from him. Some claim, I love God, but I'm having difficulty obeying him in certain areas of my life. That's a spiritual impossibility, is what Huckabee writes. If I ask you, do you love God? You might easily respond, yes. However, if I asked you, are you obeying God? Would you answer yes as quickly? Yet I'd be asking you the same question. Yeah, he's not pulling Take his punches. That. There. Take that, Sam. <laughs> yeah, never mind. All right, I'm a zero. So, <laughs> Thanks, John. Well, you know what? It's interesting to me that, or is that John? You know, he. We see that same kind of direct, clear, concise challenge in John 1, 1. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Basically like, I mean, Huckabee like is taking that same John 1, 1 mm-hmm. type. Listen, we can't play around with sin or disobedience here. Yeah. We, need to, we need to fully understand the role of obedience in the believer's life and its connection. Right. So we should easily be able to say as quickly, do you love God? Yes. Are you obeying God? Yes. I mean, it's, there shouldn't be no, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But <clears throat> so that's, that's a huge challenge. Um, yeah. I obey, but help my disobedience. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm spitballing. So you guys yeah. just uh, clap back if you need to. Um, if the goal is to love God with all your heart, mind, strength, soul, spirit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. That sounded bad. <laughs> if, it, if To love God with everything. Yeah. Right, that's the goal. Sure. And that's kind of the the whole shebang. How come most of us kind of walk around feeling like we're there? Because what Huckabee asks, like, do you love God? Yeah. So what I'm getting at is like if it's a goal to be shot for, if you don't feel like you're a ten on that scale, then why do we why are we so sure that we love God? 
Does that make sense to y'all, or am I just... No. I mean, yeah. I'll go sit in the language. Yes, yes, it means... Yes, it makes sense. Um, We're so quick to say we're at the finish line. It might, you know, if loving God with everything. Now, you could argue, if you ask somebody, do you love God, there's some degrees there that I guess in your heart of hearts you may... They're like, yeah, I love God, but not as much as I could. I think what we see more in the church today is, or in our, or in our society today, thank you, is that people say they love God, mm-hmm. and people, many people born in the South, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but you don't see. Their life is not lining up with the Word of God. Something I find very interesting is at the same time, I see that attitude um, of, yeah, I'm good, and Mm -hmm. man. And at the same time, when you start digging underneath the surface, there is an enormous amount of condemnation and shame that mm-hmm. people walk in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And those yeah. two things are, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shared recently a, a, a panel of teenagers were asked, um, if God were to sit down across from you and say only one thing to you, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And the most common answer was, I'm so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we live in. And, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've, for me personally, I, I kind of feel like if we really dug into the context of the Pharisees and the scribes in those days, for me, without a doubt, I would have been right there with them. A hundred percent. One, I would be, in my words, clamoring to get into the kingdom through any other means than like humbling myself and stuff I yeah like, i mean well, we, you've got well, the history minute, the context wait a minute 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 <laughs> i appreciate you know you guys putting yourself in that camp but i'll just have to tell you i don't think either one of you would be there oh no i would no 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 I, I don't think i don't, well, Sam, I don't think, here's so. why, I think here's both why. of you would be following jesus around well, here's why I First say that. First of all, that. I don't know if either, you know those were smart guys, those Pharisees Dude, guys. Let, let, so let me put it in perspective, though. If a guy so, come, if a guy came through that studio door, so now we know the one of us who actually would. Yeah. Have been. If a guy came through that door right now and looked at you and said, "John, follow me," you'd be like, "Oh." Hold up, man! I'm doing I'm doing, I'm a, doing podcast a podcast with Pastor Brad. <laughs> and then if somebody came behind him and said, "Oh, John, that's the that's Messiah. the king. That's, it. that's the king of the universe, man." <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, exactly. I shared, right? I shared some <laughs> Sunday the story yeah, of Jesus encountering Peter, and it's like, can you imagine? having the greatest day in the history of your business, like he just had landed the biggest catch he's ever landed. Yeah. All you see is dollar signs. I mean, imagine 
Yeah. You just and now it's okay. You're done with fishing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Leave okay, that now behind. Yeah, me. I'm good to go. There's nowhere. There's no way up from here. Okay. <laughs> Everything after this day is downhill. So yeah. I'm just giving you the biggest catch ever. I, I remember one an, another mentor pointed out, and um, this was convicting. He said the American church uh, leans so heavily on an academic based. Mm-hmm discipleship that's western mm. that's the western church i would mm-hmm. I'd include europe in that yeah mm-hmm. and and r- right on the heels of that we had a gentleman who was with us for a short period of time who was deaf mm. and man just see like what is worship when you're deaf mm. like for us it's it's singing mm. or it's listening to a message like i mean it just totally removed so many of the common lenses to see how this man could walk with God and know God and worship God and express his love for God. And when you remove so much of what is just common to us. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and, and the two things that not to bash knowledge or the, you know, we are to love God with all our mind. We are to study to show ourselves approved, but typically obedience is met or Spiritual maturity is measured in love and obedience mm-hmm. and not knowledge. I, I think oh, yeah. based on our giftedness, based on how we're shaped and made, we all have a tendency, we all have a weak spot, and we'll drift if we're not careful. And I think for people uh, who are word gifted, who love studying, I think our drift is toward uh, getting puffed up and getting prideful. Mm-hmm. And I think the Pharisees and the scribes, man, I mean, goodness. <coughs> Uh, they would be church member elite in in so many of our churches. That I mean, if they had the understanding of the scripture and even the, you know, I mean, who could blame them? I mean, from their point of view, they were protecting orthodoxy. Yeah, right. They're like, here's the line, and if we let this poor itinerant preacher who none of us know just come in here and say whatever he wants, uh, no. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it was from a personal standpoint of he offends me personally. I think they were like, he's going to lead these people straight to hell. Mm. Now, we know that that sure. wasn't the issue. And there were a lot of signs, I mean... When I say signs, I'm not talking about miracles. There were a lot of things they just straight missed. Sure. They were blind to mm-hmm. whatever. I don't think I don't think they were set up in Matthew to be villains. Yeah. You know, Matthew's big on the whole Pharisee thing. I don't think in the gospels they were set up to be villains. Yeah, I've read I've yeah. read things that painted them with a much uh softer lens cuz I think it, we just yeah, automatically read them as the bad guys, and yeah, you know, and, but, and there was, I mean, they, they fully missed it, and uh, I know their one, intentions, one, I think, yeah. but the motives, I, I think, you know, and I don't see them as villains, and I'm like, I appreciate you guys trying to identify yourselves with them earlier on, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I think they were looking for things, and they, from a human standpoint of view. They were they were in powers they were in positions of power, you know, and in that day that was pretty that was pretty much the only two, you know, you was either in government or you was, you know, in religious power. You know what I'm saying? So that was and and so but it 
But we know that all of them weren't that way. All of them were since some of them were sincere, like Nicodemus, you know, and like even, um, you know, the the one who spoke up and said, hey, y'all need to leave these men alone. You know, um, if, if, if it's from God, yeah. you can't stop it. You know, and so there was obviously those in there who I, I think they I think they represented the same thing we see in the church today, you know men who were very religious and some who were sincere in seeking, seeking the Lord. Yeah. And so, all right, we're running out of time. And, um, I want to get to day five power and perseverance because I love the way he ends this study It's super encouraging. Um, you know, Psalm 16, eight, he quotes and he talks about, says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. And he's, he, he, closes, he closes the study with this comment. How could you ever become dismayed over your situation with Christ at your right hand? What confidence this should give you. Don't give up. Stay focused on Christ. Determine to follow him. <clears throat> I mean, what would we, you know, there's a, uh, what would we not attempt if we knew Jesus was right by our side yeah if we could live there you know yeah. if we could dwell there, if we could abide there mm-hmm. you know what would you uh what would you swing for in Moultrie, georgia pastor brad i mean if you knew that was uh <laughs> how big would your dreams be yeah you're a you're a you're a man of vision so you know wow of course you got to know what Again, that goes back to learning to hear the voice. It's all tied sure. into hearing his voice and hearing his direction. So, yeah, and for me, that's why being a part of the body of Christ and participating in the body of Christ is so important for mm-hmm. us. Yes. Um, it's concerned me through COVID how many people have just opted for, mm-hmm. well, well my, my Christian life is going to be completely online from here on out, like, Goodness, um, I just urge people don't fall into that trap because uh, being a part of the body where we can sit yeah. across from one another and pray for one another and lay hands on each other and even correct each other and rebuke each other, but to be a part of the body where we are to speak words that build each other up, like I think God recognizes and, and the, the scriptural principles, uh, examples we have show us over and over that we as people, we do just drift away from faith, away from God, and we need each other mm-hmm. to continually, man, we need to, to worship, to remember how great and mighty and capable God That's is. Right. I mean, I, I can having powerful experiences on Sunday and then Monday comes and I, I just feel doubt with, you know, things I'm facing in life mm-hmm. creeping in and mm-hmm. oh is this going to work out yeah, and no oh, you know <clears throat> I think it we must give ourselves continually to his word his prayer and worship and fellowshipping together encouraging yeah. each other building each other up because man we just naturally uh, our, our our human nature sin nature just we drift yeah. away if um, any if any pushback that's exactly where my mind went with uh, not push back to Brad, but to Blackaby, that statement only makes sense in the context of community, faith community, 
That's right. Because there are so many people who have this, you know, we talk a lot <coughs> on here about <clears throat> religion and it's kind of, you know, for some people that's a bad word. What we what I think we mean, I don't speak for everybody at this table. What I mean when I say that is that we can over religious over religiousize, yeah, religiousize. Okay, we can over religiousize. Did you learn that word in college? I did. I learned it. Okay, from, I take it back. He wouldn't I, be a Pharisee. I, he, he, I learned it from Brad half a second before I said it when he was saying it. Um, no, but I think we can over religiousize. But I think the danger becomes over spiritualizing Christianity. If that is some to some people, that's not even possible. But what I mean is you can walk away from a community with this spirituality about Jesus and it will leave you dismayed every time Mm -hmm. if it's not held in community because, and I just want to take your mind, I'm not trying to bum anybody out, (laughs) but like if that were just true, if you just had to like hold on to Jesus and you would never dismay Mm -hmm. by yourself. Mm Mm-hmm then we wouldn't be dealing with suicide. We wouldn't be dealing with depression. We would, And we deal with those. I mean, as pastors, you'd ever dealt with something like that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Because outside of community, that's right. you just have this vague spirituality that's never checked by a brother or sister. It's never yeah. pushed back on. It's never well, molded and shaped. Look at what the word, I mean, you break down the word community. Yeah. With unity. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, you know, what both of you just said is, you know, we are the physical manifestation of this ver- the church. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Absolutely. He, he lives in us. We're, we are one body. And so you can't, you know, that person at home that's going to say, hey, well, this is going to be my faith life from here on out they've just they've just severed themselves Mm. from the the body of christ yeah they they not that they can't connect in some way through media but they are going to be at a huge disadvantage a a tremendous disadvantage and they're not gonna they're not gonna get nowhere near what jesus intended for them to have in the body of Christ. Yeah. I've, I've said it many times. I've never met anyone with a thriving relationship with God where they were just spirit filled and overflowing with joy who was completely disconnected from the body of Christ. I've just never no. seen that example. They're estranged. So let's end on a high note. <laughs> Brad, John, if somebody is feeling disconnected mm-hmm. and they want to get connected they mm-hmm. want to plug in whatever language your church uses if they are craving discipleship from the bottom of their heart and jesus is calling them to respond to that today pastor brad how do we get connected how do we connect them to somebody through through heritage's network of how do y'all handle that um it's a good question uh of course 
every Sunday we're doing two services at, at Heritage Church and we're broadcasting live and, and all of our live broadcasts has a team of online hosts that are that work hard to interact with people and to connect with them online uh, and for us personally through our website or app um, we we have a whole process that we want to take someone from an outsider or a guest or feeling disconnected all the way to we just we just say we want to we want to lead you from from that to friend all the way to family we we just want to awesome. invite you into a family uh, yeah. and we are doing life together and i just encourage everyone hey um there there is no there is no perfect church out there no absolutely uh, not so we just invite you into we all uh are what was there's not <laughs> I mean, Ex- you meant except for mine. <laughs> except for y'all's. Yeah. Talk about yeah, disillusionment. <laughs> Crisis of belief right now. No, uh, you know, we, we have four words we camp on, saved, healed, restored, and fulfilled. And we all have junk in our lives that we need healing from. Absolutely. So we're, we're yeah. going after it together. And so we just invite people into that That's right. lifelong pursuit and process. That's right. John, how do I get connected with... Decide, how, how do you plug people in? Um, HeritageLife.org. HeritageLife.org. Hey, it's going to hey, be in the show listen, notes. You got, <laughs> you know, I could name you. I could name you. I could easily name you a dozen, you know, fantastic uh, fellowships here in our community that yeah. you will be loved. You will be accepted. You there There is, if you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Fantastic pastors, mentors, disciplers, uh, parachurch organizations. If you're struggling with, with you know, addiction issues, suicide, depression, there is one thing that is evident is we have, you know, God has blessed our community with some incredible resources. Amen. And so if, <clears throat> you know, message us and we'll get you connected, you know, either Heritage Church or Mission Moultrie, you know, um, go to our Facebook page, private message us. We'll get you connected with with a church or the whatever help you're needing. Um, yeah. It's it's here. God has provided it in our community, and there's there's a there's a family of believers. There's a huge Christian family in this community that you can find love and acceptance and help for whatever your needs are. Right. I'm going to go ahead and plug. uh, I don't know how many people read the show notes. You know, wherever you get your podcast, there is a little blurb down there at the bottom. It will have a link to Heritage Church. I'm sure there's uh, ways to contact a real human being at that church. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go to missionmoultrie.com has a contact page yep. that goes to straight a straight to a robot <laughs> <laughs> to a hello thank you yeah. for calling um it goes to a real human um i think right now i'm sitting across the table from that real human um and we will passionately pursue getting you connected with someone uh I think that's on all of our hearts here to see um, deciders to become disciples, uh, to use a borrowed phrase, and we we really want to see that happen. Yep. Uh, if I could do this whole study, um, it 
it talks about what do I see God do? What is the mainstream of God's activity and how do I get into that? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole yeah. sure. illustration at the beginning of every chapter. God's sure. mainstream, how do I get in there? And what I'm seeing God doing is raising up people who are passionate about taking on disciples mm-hmm. and walking with them as a lifelong pursuit. That's right. Not a, like, a study like this may start a relationship, but it certainly does not have to end at the end of week seven. That's right. If you're listening to this, this is not the end of experiencing God by any means. Loneliness is a huge burden, is a crushing burden burden to bear. And there are people, there's the the body of Christ in Cockwood County wants to walk with you. Wants yeah, wants to know you, you are valuable, and we want to just show you the same love that we received from Christ Jesus, and to know the same hope that we have in Him. Yep. yep. All right, we're gonna roll in some music here. Uh, that's all we have time for. I'm sure Pastor Brad will be back uh, anytime. Man, love being with y'all. Yeah. So thank you guys. For being with us, remember to plug in. If you know somebody who needs to be plugged in, remember, if God revealed it to you, that's the invitation. So um, thank you guys. Check us out, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Links in the show notes. See you guys next week with something something fresh. All right.